Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 Text in 806-855-3712. It's overreaction Monday. Fill up the text line. Again, the text line 806-855-3712. Here in the Arctic Air Studios. Appropriately named for what it feels like in here today. If you need to get rid of your Arctic Air, call Arctic Air. Call the bear. Arctic Air Studios. Uh, I am I am very chilly. I'm about to put my hood up. I, I do believe so. Uh, this texter starting off hot, uh, hi Rod, big fan of the show, obviously, if you know my name. Uh, my overreaction is that Texas Tech still isn't going to win a Big 12 game until the final game of the season. Love you, Grande Pollo, love you too, buddy. Uh, yeah, I, lots of overreactions to be had for Texas Tech basketball from the weekend, huge overreactions in the face of a victory over LSU. Overreaction, Kerwin Walton is the best three-pointer shooter all time. Overreaction, Elijah Fisher has been incredibly underutilized. He should play 20 minutes a game for the rest of the season. Overreaction, the offense gets better without Pop Isaacs. I, I, you could go on and on and on from what I saw this weekend. Uh, Some of them appropriate, some of them inappropriate, some of them legitimate, some of them illegitimate, but they're all overreactions, all the same. Plenty of overreactions from the AFC-NFC championship games. I'm going to start with my lead overreaction for this Monday, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles from week one have had the easiest path to a Super Bowl of all time. The Philadelphia Eagles had the 29th toughest schedule in the NFL, only tougher than Carolina, Houston, and Atlanta. The Philadelphia Eagles got to play Kirk Cousins early. The Philadelphia Eagles got to play Trevor Lawrence early. The Philadelphia Eagles got to play Cooper Rush. The Philadelphia Eagles only had tough games at the end of the year because Gardner Minshew was in. The Saints beat them. The Cowboys beat them. In the playoffs, they got to play the Giants for a third time, an incredibly tough matchup for the Giants. Mismatch in a lot of ways, what the Eagles do well, what the Giants don't do well. 
bad matchup for the Giants. The 49ers losing Brock Purdy early hurt their psyche. Shanahan's a choker anyways. Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles. The easiest path to a Super Bowl ever. They have the best record in football. They're the best team in football. Wake up call coming. My overreaction from seeing both of these teams throughout the playoffs, Chiefs by 10. When the Eagles play the Kansas City Chiefs, the battle-tested Kansas City Chiefs, it will be the first time the Philadelphia Eagles play a good team at a good time in their season. Go Chiefs. Uh, Plenty of more overreactions to come. Obviously, we can also talk about Big Monday tonight, the SEC Big 12 Challenge. I will update uh, my picks from the weekend. A couple of them good, a couple of them bad. I tried to go with some home teams. Uh, Looking at it now, I don't think I did terribly, but I don't think I did well either. So we'll get to those picks after the break. We'll also talk more Iowa State, Texas Tech. Let's get into it right now. If Texas Tech wins tonight, who went off? Texas Tech won this weekend. Kerwin Walton went off. If Texas Tech wins this or that or in this respect or in that respect, if they have a higher score than Iowa State, who went off and how? That's on the text line today, 806-855-3712. In my opinion, the three guys that I thought led you to victory in Baton Rouge have to lead you to victory tonight in Lubbock, Texas. And that is Kerwin Walton hitting at least four threes. That's Kevin O'Banner getting his. And that's Elijah Fisher being a presence on the defensive end that you have not had. Last year, you had four Elijah Fishers on defense. Legitimately. This year, you do not have that guy. Now, Tyson, a little bit. Tyson, I'm probably shortchanging Tyson on on defense, but Elijah Fisher, that long, lengthy guard who can guard the perimeter and erase some of the... The overhelping that Texas Tech has lived on for five years. Oh, why are we all overhelping? That's the defense. That's been the defense. That will be the defense. That's the whole point of the defense, to overhelp toward the middle. You just have to recover after the skip passes, and Elijah Fisher allows you to do a little more. He can recover defensively. And if you look at uh, the last Big 12 game that Texas Tech had, West Virginia lose by 15. Well, O'Banner got his. Yes. Yes. O'Banner needs to get his and Walton and Fisher and Tyson. It's It's a team game. Davian Harmon has to be the facilitator he was in Baton Rouge. They have to knock down shots after they're found. And I think Elijah Fisher offensively was a little bit underrated as a passer as well. 
I thought he found some open guys, and they didn't knock down shots, or they kind of put it around the horn. Now, Davian Harmon had a few moments where you're still like, stop dribbling, pass it, shoot it. Make a decision. If Texas Tech beats Iowa State tonight, they will have been decisive. Decisive offensively. Decisive defensively. Playing with confidence. And I I do think that a win in Baton Rouge, even though it's LSU, even though they stink, even though they're the worst team in the SEC, whatever, 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 If it was a mental block, not allowing Texas Tech to finish games, that should be gone. And I know it's outside of conference. I get it. But if you're a shooter who sees the ball go through the hoop, if you're a golfer that sees the ball roll into the cup, if you're a quarterback that sees your receiver catch a couple, you gain confidence. And as much as we... You know, discount that it's a young team. Everybody's young. If if it's inexperienced, well, a lot of teams were inexperienced together before this season, and they've come together. As much as we discount all that, it's all true to an extent. Now you have to grow and overcome it. And maybe they took the first step. And four months, Mark Adams has talked about coming together by February. Well, it's January 30th. If you're coming together by February... You have a great showing tonight. And close but no cigar is not good enough for a full season in the Big 12. And as much as you enjoyed, quote-unquote, the close game you played against Kansas in week one of the Big 12, a close but no cigar game tonight does not feel good in any respect. It's not a win. It's not a victory, moral or otherwise. For you to feel good about tonight's outcome, Texas Tech must win. It is that point in the season. Let's go to the text line real quick before the first break. Uh, This texter, I'm a proud Texas Tech graduate. I assume Mark is too. Mark Adams, I cannot cheer against Texas Tech, but I don't want them to win enough to save this staff. Do I have anything to worry about? Well, <laughs> ask what you want to ask. I mean, yeah, you have a lot of stuff to worry about. If your worry is that Mark Adams will be the coach next year. And I, I don't know that two wins or three wins or four wins out of the last 10, quote unquote, saves Mark Adams' job. It's not lost. He's still the head coach. He's still the national coach of the year last year. I still maintain that Mark Adams will not be fired this offseason. Now, I don't know if he's the head coach next year. I'm assuming he will be. I'm working from that assumption. But if if your question is, if Texas Tech starts winning, will Mark Adams have his job The answer is yes. And then if your question is, if they keep losing, does he lose his job? 
I think the in general the answer is no. I mean, they're a Sweet 16 team last year. You're in the toughest league in the country. I think there's some understanding that you're young and inexperienced, and that that is roster building, but I would assume he gets another shot at it. Now, that's all on the court. On the court, nothing has been done, in my opinion, to lose a job. Now, 0-18, now we're starting to talk about 0-18 is brutal. Is 1-17 any better? Is 2-16 any better? Where's the line? I don't know. That's a really tough conversation that, thankfully, I don't have to have. But all of the drama, all of the the rumor, all of the innuendo, all of the the blow-ups at Maui and everything that we've heard this year, that's all stuff off the court. And, and I don't know what effect that has on a job. I don't. But on the floor, I don't think Mark Adams has lost his job. I don't. I really don't. All right, let's uh, let's take the break here. We'll get back to the text line when we come back. More overreactions, more Philadelphia Eagle takes, more Kansas City Chiefs takes, more official NFL officials takes. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's Rob Rose Show. Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Brosho, Talk 103.9 News, Money, Sports, back to the text line. You are right, bro. Yes, I generally am. Thank you. He continues, the Eagles did have the easiest schedule. They got to play Jerry Jones's Dallas Cowgirls. Ha 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 ha. Very funny. The Eagles analytically had the 29th easiest schedule in the NFL, I'm I'm not just being bitter here. The Eagles got to play Cooper Rush. And then they had Gardner Minshew for the last three weeks. And the Cowboys beat Gardner Minshew. I get it. But if you look at this Eagles schedule with the frauds in Minnesota early, with the Lions who started 0-6, in week one, with the Packers after they imploded, if you legitimately look at this schedule with the Bears late, the number one overall pick late, if you look at this schedule and say the Eagles had a tough road, you're an idiot. And yes, I'm including the Cowboys on the Eagles schedule. And I've also talked for two weeks about how easy the Cowboys schedule was and that they should have gone 12 and four. It would have been ridiculous to go anything else. The Eagles and Cowboys were gifted double digit wins this year. 
When have I said anything to the contrary? I've been very consistent on this. The only overreaction here is that the Chiefs are going to plow the Eagles because it's the first battle-tested team the Eagles have played all season, the whole year. You're telling me the Titans put up a good fight against the Eagles? The Jaguars were up 14 to nothing before Jalen Hurts took over. They beat the Colts by like three. And it took a, a, a complete brain snafu from the Colts to give it away. I'm not saying the Eagles aren't good. But they're not the best team in the NFL. And if you gave them a top, a top schedule, they would not have gone 13-3. and three. I have zero doubts. Zero doubts. If you look at the rest of the strength of schedule, Cincinnati had the toughest schedule in the NFL. Miami, the Jets, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, the Chiefs are at 9, Dallas is at 12, which is thrown off a little bit because they got to play the Eagles twice. And the Eagles got to play the Cowboys twice. Uh, but uh, I, I, And I'm not even saying they haven't earned it. They earned the one seed there, went out and won their games. That's how it works. They went out and beat the Giants. They went out and hammered the 49ers. Yes, yes, yes. All of that is true. That doesn't change the fact that they've had a cakewalk. Now, did they eat the cake on their way? Yes. They played well. The Eagles are a stacked roster, but they're not battle-tested like the Chiefs are. The Chiefs, way injured, beating the hot Buffalo Bills, I mean the, the Bengals. It's a much tougher championship game than the uh, fourth-string quarterback 49ers. All right, back to the text line. Overreaction, the Chiefs will win by 17 in the Super Bowl, and Mahomes will give me and Abraham Lincoln a great birthday present. See, I would not be surprised if this was a tough game, but I do I do believe the Chiefs can win by 10. I think they're better. Now, let's see how Legereus Sneed bounces back. Let's see how that ankle looks in two weeks from Patrick Mahomes. Let's see how Travis Kelsey's back looks in two weeks. See if some of these wide receivers can get healthy for the Chiefs, but it is what it is. Uh, the Eagles would have had the 31st easiest schedule if they didn't play Dallas this season. Eagles going to get trucked by Kansas City. I'm glad everyone's on board with this. Uh, and again, this is just overreaction Monday. I'm not sure I'll think this for two weeks, but the Eagles at 29th with 12-win Dallas on their schedule is... Pretty self-explanatory there. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a full Cowboys versus Eagles game and truly see who would win. I think the Cowboys would have. I'm glad Kellen Moore is gone. That's from a texter. Let's get into Kellen Moore. You know, in the NFL, it's always you always have a couple of games on your schedule where you say, well, I wish we could have seen him at full strength. But that's just the NFL. 
If the NFL is the league of attrition, you have to be able to play with your third, fourth, fifth best players out, hurt, injured, in, hobbled. That's what the Chiefs have done. The Chiefs do it better than anybody else right now. That's why they're in their fifth straight AFC championship and third football Super Bowl in the last four years. I don't know why I said it that weird. You know what? Let's take the break and then get to Kellen Moore. I I have more Kellen Moore thoughts than just a minute. Uh, By the way, I went 6-4 and in the Big 12 SEC Challenge picks this weekend. The right picks were West Virginia, Tennessee, Kansas State, Kansas, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. Uh, I picked Alabama over Oklahoma. I picked Iowa State to win. I, I shouldn't have. I thought that was weird. I picked Texas Tech and then faltered myself, went back to LSU. That's me being weak. All right, let's take the break. When we come back, Kellen Moore, Chargers offensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy, Cowboys offensive coordinator. Let's uh, talk about why the Cowboys did what they did. It's the Rob Brosh Show, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. This is going to be one of those conversations I have with myself where I play both sides of the argument and kind of do myself a disservice and then talk out both sides of my mouth and then really just say one thing in the end. All right. So just fair warning. Fair warning. Fair warning. All right. The texter says nobody will come to Dallas to be signal caller. When Mike McCarthy is the play caller. Yeah. I, it's kind of one of those duh moments, all right? Nobody's going to come be the play caller when Mike McCarthy's the play caller. Yeah, this is kind of the point. Texter doubles down. I was really, I was really impressed with Kellen Moore. He's not even one-eighth as good as the Rob Bro doppelganger Cliff Kingsbury. I... I think that Kellen Moore gets a really bad rap because of the team's success when he's the offensive coordinator. The Dallas Cowboys in 2017 were 9-7. and seven. 16 is, is Dak's rookie year, okay? In Dak's rookie season... 6,000 yards of offense, 26.3 points per game. 13 and 3. Then they were 9 and 7. Then they were 10 and 6 in 2018, 21.2 points per game. Those are the Linehan years. And then in 2019, from 21.2 points per game, Kellen Moore takes over in 2019 as the offensive coordinator. 
27.1 points per game, an immediate jump of six points per game. They went eight and eight, though, because the defense wasn't very good. And then in 2020, Dak Prescott, they go six and 10, 24.7 points per game. So even with backup quarterbacks for a large portion of the season, 24.7 points per game, better than Linehan's final two seasons. In 2021, 12 and 5. You get rid of the worst defensive coordinator of all time, Mike Nolan. Dan Quinn comes in. The defense is transformed, and you score 31.2 points per game. In 2020, you gave up 29.6 per game. last year. And then again, this season, the Dallas Cowboys finished with a very good offense. Uh, Fourth in points, 11th in yards. 5th in point differential, 2nd in turnover giveaway ratio, even though you had a bunch of picks. The offensive rankings in Kellen Moore's years, you've ranked 1st in yards twice. He's been the offensive coordinator four seasons. You've ranked 6th, 1st, and 4th in points, total points on offense. That's what the offensive coordinator does. 6th, 1st, and 4th in points in the three years that you had a healthy quarterback in Dak Prescott. Your second wide receiver for a large portion of this season was Noah Brown. Before Kellen Moore took over in 2019, in in points on offense, you were 22nd, 14th, 5th, 31st, 5th, 5th, 15th, 15th, moving backwards. So the two seasons of Scott Linehan before Kellen Moore takes over, 14th and 22nd in points, And then in three out of four seasons, he goes sixth, first, and fourth. Now, do I think Kellen Moore is an incredible offensive coordinator? No. Do I think he was the problem in Dallas? No. Did I want him gone? Yes. I think Kellen Moore was still too much Jason Garrett. He's not aggressive enough. And he doesn't script a complete game, and he's not great in clutch moments. Now, is that Kellen Moore or is that Mike McCarthy? I don't know. But as long as Kellen Moore was here, Mike McCarthy was never going to get blamed for anything. It was always going to be Kellen Moore and his four 
curls in every third and long situation. The only thing he kept from the Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan playbook, and it killed him. But for 80% of the time, Kellen Moore is really good. Really good. You need somebody who's good 95 to 100% of the time. And maybe that's even too low. 90% of the time, Kellen Moore was really good. Now, is it Dak that's bad in clutch moments and not Kellen Moore? Is it Dak who doesn't understand where to go with the ball? Is it Dak that can't read a defense? Or is it Kellen Moore not being able to execute? We don't know. Now we will. And I think it'll provide a ton of clarity to get rid of Kellen Moore. If Jerry Jones was in charge, Kellen Moore would not have left. I guarantee you, Kellen Moore would not have left. But if Mike McCarthy's making these moves and Mike McCarthy walks into Jerry's office and says, Hey, Jerry, if you're putting my job on the line next season, I need to be in charge of the offense. Jerry says, All right, do what you need to do. They get rid of Kellen Moore. Now, Mike McCarthy, for better or worse, controls his own destiny. I feel like it's going to be for worse. Mike McCarthy obviously feels like it's going to be for better. But the thought process that they're not going to get a good offensive coordinator because because Mike McCarthy's calling plays, yeah. But you can go get a young offensive coordinator. There are lots of head coaches in the NFL that call their own plays offensively that still have good offensive coordinators. And if you were smart, you would go get Kyle Shanahan's offensive coordinator or some good game planner. If Sean Payton creates a coup there in Miami and they get rid of Mike McDaniels, bring in Mike McDaniels. Bring in Cliff Kingsbury. Now, would a guy like that come in if he's not going to have play-calling duties? No. But if you could get the next one of those guys, or if you get one of those guys and Mike McCarthy says, okay, well, all right, I guess I can trust that guy to call the plays. And just because you're calling plays doesn't mean you're game-planning the whole thing. There's still got to be a guy to come in and create a game-plan Mike McCarthy just wants to take ownership because he feels like if they don't go to the Super Bowl, he's getting fired. Well, good. That's the standard. And if somebody else can't get it done, you feel like you can, if you need to do a good job, do it yourself or whatever they say. And if Mike McCarthy believes that, go for it. My overreaction Mike McCarthy is going to fail spectacularly because he hadn't called plays since like 2017 or something crazy. And he already lied to get the Cowboys job. I would have fired him the day he said that in the press conference. Like, oh, yeah, I told Jerry I watched all the games. I hadn't watched a single game since I left the NFL. Fired. Toast. Would not have continued. For the first time since Mike McCarthy got here, though, I feel like this is Mike McCarthy's team. 
Now, I think there's a little bit of Somalian pirate in Dan Quinn who says, hey, do you feel, do you, are you the, I'm the captain now. I think there's a little bit of that where now you have the offensive coordinator is the head coach, the defensive coordinator is the defensive head coach, and you're going to have some power struggles. But if you're the Cowboys, in some ways this is a good scenario because you can finally see if it's Mike McCarthy or not and then make another move. You can see if it's Dak and Kellen or if it's just Dak. Because you're running out of people to blame if it's not Mike McCarthy. But Dan Quinn staying in Dallas makes me feel like he knows there are conversations internally, and we said this last week before the offensive coordinator news, that there are expectations internally that if Mike McCarthy is not successful, he is going to be fired, which is not an often a feeling we have in Dallas. That there are high expectations, and not just expectations, grand expectations, which are different than, than high expectations. All right, let's take the final break of the hour. When we come back, we'll get back to the tax line. We'll get back to overreactions. I've got a couple more from Twitter that we'll get to. It's Rob Bro Show, Talk 103.9, News Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Rocho. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Final segment today as we roll on. Uh, this text, more like Kellen Less. Ha ha ha. I'm going to read this text, but this person should know. If they listen to the show at all, should know my answer before I even say it. Uh, do you think the Cowboys will ever win a Super Bowl in your lifetime? Steven, Jerry Jr., Charlotte, Spalding, and John Steven have learned from Jerry and have his playbook. Any other GM has consequences if their team isn't successful, but you aren't going to fire Jerry or Steven. Did the Cowboys just fire six assistants after a 12-4 and four season? Legitimately. Did the Cowboys just fire six assistants and their offensive coordinator after a 12-4 and four season? Of a top five offense? Yes. People are so obsessed with Jerry Jones that they don't see how dumb 90% of the NFL is. Do the Cowboys make dumb decisions? Yes. Yes. I'm not disputing that. But the Cowboys have won a Super Bowl more recently than like 20 other NFL teams. 
Who has a longer drought in the NFL, Super Bowl champion-wise, San Francisco or Dallas? Oh, but San Francisco has been back to multiple Super Bowls. Have they won one? Is this league about winning or not? San Francisco, 27 years. Dallas Cowboys, 26. But tell me more about all this dysfunctional Jerry Jones crap. I would much rather have Jerry Jones than walk around in the wilderness that Detroit has walked around in. The Cowboys have back-to-back 12-win seasons, but they have the worst GM in the league? No talent? Well, they extended Zeke. And the Falcons traded for Todd Gurley and then went to a Super Bowl. He was washed. They paid him, too. Over and over. Teams around the league make stupid decisions, but it's Jerry. Come on. And no, they might not win a a Super Bowl in my lifetime, but I'm not going to stop being a Cowboys fan. I mean, at this point, I'm 34. I don't have a long I have left. I mean, what's my lifetime? 10 years, 20 years? They'll make one. But it's not because Jerry's going to die and then the Cowboys will be better. Again, I think I think the Cowboys get worse when Jerry dies. Steven is a moron. All right, back to the uh, text line. This is overreaction Monday. More like lames, Iowa. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, the bridge. The bridge going crazy tonight. That pedestrian bridge. Uh, Texas Tech going to walk all over the pedestrian bridge tonight. Uh, if Texas Tech wins tonight, I, I asked this at the top of the show. If Texas Tech wins tonight, it's going to take a team effort. Yeah, duh, Rob. Yeah, okay. All right, we get it. It's going to have to be Kevin O'Banner. It's going to have to be somebody, too, that, that you don't expect it from. And, and at this point, do you expect it from Curran Walton? Do you expect it from, let's say, Jalen Tyson or Davian Harmon? who have been hit or miss? Is this a classic no-show game from O'Banner, or is it Tournament Kevin because it's a big game in the brightest lights? By the way, this is a classic, classic Kevin O'Banner big moment game. Just to be fair. I think on uh, prize picks, Kevin O'Banner, let's do some props here. We have two minutes left. Uh, let me go back. <clears throat> uh, Davian Harmon, points, rebounds, assists, 17.5 is the total. I took uh, the under. Uh, but Kevin O'Banner, 21.5 points, rebounds, assists, hammer the over. Because this is the game, the type of game that Kevin O'Banner plays well in. It is. Bright lights. Ranked matchup. The USA, Big Monday. Tournament Kevin will show up tonight. I do not know if it will be enough. Iowa State a one-and-a-half point favorite, even at uh, the USA. I was honestly surprised that uh, Iowa State was favored at all, in some respects. It's going to be an interesting game tonight. Jalen Tyson, grip it and rip it. 
Kevin O'Banner, grip it and rip it. Kerwin Walter, Walton, grip it and rip it. If Texas Tech wins tonight, they were the more aggressive team. They have not been that in Big 12 play yet. If they win tonight, they're the tougher team. They have not been that in Big 12 play yet. All right, we will take the break. Well, the last final timeout. It looks like 24 hours, but we'll be back tomorrow. Starting with the Raiderland, 11 a.m. I've uh, been Rob Bro. I'll be Rob Bro. We'll see you then. and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.